Welcome back to the Stock Market Options Trading Podcast, also known as SMOT, S-M-O-T. My name is Eric, and in this episode, I'm gonna go over what I think are five huge option trading tips geared towards beginning options traders. Now, as we get through this list, I guarantee you, a few of you are not gonna agree with all these, and that's okay. Again, it's really geared towards newer option traders, and what we're trying to do is get these newer traders consistently profitable more quickly, so you don't have to waste your time figuring things out the hard way. That's paying your tuition. We wanna minimize your tuition so that you can eventually move on to more intermediate or advanced trading methods. And you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about in a minute. But before we get started, you should know I am not a financial advisor. Everything on this podcast, uh, my website, YouTube channel, and my Twitter is for informational and educational purposes only. This is definitely not financial advice. And if you're looking for ongoing civil discussions around these topics or you want to learn more, stop by the website. It's totally free. Create a free account. It's over at stockmarketoptionstrading.net. And you can ask questions. If you want clarification on any of the podcasts or any of the videos, that's the place for discussion. It's very civil. It's kind of like Facebook, but without all the ads, stock jocks, all the distraction, there's no political discussions. There's no COVID discussion. So it's definitely a safe place online to really just talk about trading stocks and options. So I hope you'll join me over there. I'm over there all the time answering questions personally, posting charts, posting ideas, posting wins, posting losses. Um, so I would love for you to join me over there. Okay, let's get started with our five tips. So the first tip is, if you're new to options trading, you should focus on one type of option trade. I know you've read the book about all the different structures you can have. And you know, just to name a few, you can buy calls, buy puts, sell calls, sell puts, buy debit spreads, sell credit spreads. You can trade iron condors, butterflies, iron butterflies, back spreads, call ratios, jade lizards. I mean, it, it's collars. I mean, it's it literally never ends. And they're always making up new names for these things. Uh, the wheel strategy, put, you know, CSPs, uh, cash secured puts. There's, there's really a thousand things. So, so I'm assuming if you're listening to this or you're still listening to this, you've probably read a book and gone through all those, um, you know, types of spreads to kind of just see the, the, you know, where these things can go. And I really think when you get started, you should really just focus on one, find one that you really understand the mechanics of. I typically recommend people, I think that one strategy you should focus on is put credit spreads. That's how specific, not just credit spreads, not just um, puts or whatever, put credit spreads. And the reason why I recommend that is you can start with that with the, the least amount of money. When you're trading a dollar wide, um, dollar wide strike stock, let's just say Apple or whatever, and you can sell one put and buy another put, you can literally trade these with less than $100 so that you know, as you're learning the mechanics and when to get out and all that stuff and how to, you know, just execute the trades, you can really minimize uh, your your losses. And, you know, you're not going to make a ton of money, but in the beginning, it's not about, it's not about making a ton of money. It's about fine tuning your system so you can be profitable so that the, then you can later scale that up to larger size. So that's, you know, one of the recommendations. So, if you haven't listened to episode two of the podcast, I go into a whole kind of explanation detail of what I think the best strategy is. I stick by that. I think it's put credit spread. So I definitely recommend to go listen to episode two, kind of re-listen to. I think it's a, a good refresher. Let, let me piggyback on 
a couple things with uh, just how stocks act in general. So, and you've probably heard this before. When when you're trading a stock or an index or whatever, there's really five things that can happen when you enter a trade. A, the stock goes up a lot. The stock goes up a little. The stock doesn't do much. The stock goes down a little. And the stock goes down a lot. The reason why I think put credit spreads are a good place to start is because if you structure the credit spread properly, four out of five of those zones, if you will, you can actually make money or at least not lose a lot, right? Depending on how close you sell to the money. Because if you sell a slightly out of the money or even farther out of the money spread, if as long as the market doesn't go too far against you, meaning your analysis of the stock is not completely wrong, then I think um, you're gonna have a little bit more success there, right? And you know, many people come from kind of a trend following, kind of bullish, um, sort of background. Obviously the market tends to be bullish most of the time. I don't know though that we're, you know, I'm, I'm recording this at the beginning of 2022 and it's not looking too good. So you may want to learn about call credit spreads too, but you know, really to get start with, I think put credit spreads are the best, um, option. Now, some say, well, why, why not just buy calls? If I think a stock's going to go up, why don't you buy calls? And you can, but if the stock does nothing, that's the middle, you're going to lose money. If the stock obviously goes down, you're going to lose money. So three out of the five zones when buying call options, you can actually lose money. And if the stock goes up just a little bit, you're probably going to break even. You really need the stock to move up quickly in your favor. So buying calls or buying puts even, you have to have that move in your favor in a, in a quick way. So that's why I kind of recommend put credit spreads. Now, if you don't want to start with put credit spreads, that's totally okay. But I still think you should find one option trade that you want to you know really understand. Maybe it's um, buying calls or puts or whatever. Uh, maybe it is uh, iron condors. I know a lot of people get into that, but you know, when it comes to iron condors and butterflies, here's the thing. Iron condors and butterflies are made up of put credit spreads and call credit spreads. So to me, it makes more sense to start with one side of the equation, right? Start with the put side or start with the call side, whatever your you know bias is. And I think you're going to have a little bit more success by just managing one side of the trade. Again, just my opinion from when I see newer traders that ask questions about condors, which, what should I do with this side? When do I close? You know, should I take profits? Should I roll this side? It, it, it becomes a little bit more complex. So I think the less options you start with, the better. But again, choose the one that makes the most sense to you. And I think you know do a little bit better to start out with. So again, first tip, focus on one type of option trade. Okay, second tip you should really focus on one time frame. So once you decide what option trade you want to do, and I'm just going to use the put credit spread example, you really want to focus on one time frame. And if you have a day job, you're probably best suited to just focus on the daily charts so that you can make end of day trading decisions. Most of you probably know the market has a fractal nature of it. So you might see patterns on the daily chart for example, that may take several days or weeks to play out before you place a trade. It's a slower moving time frame. But if you head down to, let's say, the 30-minute chart, you might see those same patterns uh, that happen a little bit more quickly. So it's the same pattern. Let's call it a ascending triangle breakout. Well, you might see that on the daily chart. You might see it on the 30-minute chart. And one of the natural instincts to say is, well, if I focus on the 30 minute chart, I'll make, I'll have more trades and therefore I can make more money. And yes, that is partially true. However, whenever you adjust your time frame for an option trade, you have to also adjust your days to expiration, 
right? So if you're trading the 30 minute chart, and let's think of this in bars, right? Instead of 30 minutes, let's think bars. So if you take a trade that lasts seven bars, right? Let's say you, you take a weekly option trade on the daily chart and you think the stock's gonna go up. So you sell a seven day credit spread and that lasts seven bars and you make your money or whatever, right? Well, on the 30 minute chart, you're probably looking at seven bars also. So if you take the trade at 9.30 or 10 o'clock in the morning, you may need to manage that trade uh, 30 minutes later, 60 minutes later, a few bars later. Uh, you may need to hold it overnight depending on what the market's doing. And that really can affect which expiration you need to choose from. So if you're choosing, let's say a weekly option on Apple and the trade is on Monday and you're trading the 30 minute chart, you're not gonna get the time decay that you really think uh, you're gonna get if, the, if you're only in the trade for seven bars, right? So now if it's a Thursday and you're trading an expiration for the following day, like an Apple, let's say, well, yeah, the 30 minute chart make, may make sense for a one day to expiration trade. But if you're watching the five minute chart, you're not gonna trade options that are 30 days out. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of variables there. And again, I think if you start with one option trade on one time frame, you're gonna be able to master that. And then you can either narrow down to smaller time frames with more trades and kind of expand from there. But you really wanna get the mechanics down and understand your system or the stock you're trading, all that type of thing, right? So just a couple things about the daily chart kind of time frame. Again, if you're if you have a day job and you can't watch the market all day and I think the daily chart's probably best for you. I am seeing a lot of opportunities on a 4-hour chart and 2-hour chart though. So a 4-hour chart would give you two bars per day and a 2-hour chart it's going to give you four bars today. So if you're uh let's say an office worker, a computer worker and you're able to have another screen up and maybe you can check it every couple hours, you know, maybe you can change you could trade um you know, a two hour chart or something, but let's just kind of talk about the daily chart. One of the um, things about daily charts is when you look at options backtesting programs, like the, the ones that are automated and readily available, um, I've talked about them before, um, E-Delta Pro, CML Trade Machine, uh, Wall Street IO is another one that I've been kind of messing around with. Um, those all use end of day option pricing. So if you're gonna base any of your strategies off of end of day option pricing, then you just need to trade end of day. I mean, it's really that simple. It's not until you can backtest intraday, which you can do on certain platforms, but it tends to be more manual. You're not gonna be able to backtest as thoroughly um, as some of the end of day stuff, stuff, at least some of the stuff that I've shared. You know, and there's more software coming out. Maybe this will be different in the future. But, and let's talk about time frame real quick. I think time frame is probably one of the, the, the most single uh, confusing things for people, that, or I shouldn't say confusing, people just don't take that into consideration. If you're watching CNBC, and I'm gonna talk about Kathy Wood for a second and her ARK ETFs. Right now, they're down, I don't know, 40, 50% in the beginning of 2022. She's, you know, her, her things are getting murdered. Her time frame though, because she doesn't care, right? Her time fr frame is like decades, right? So you cannot watch CNBC and think, oh, you know, Kathy Wood bought the dip in Robinhood and go, oh, I'm gonna sell a weekly option put credit spread because somebody's buying the dip only to see the thing go down another 5%, right? So you cannot base your trades off of what you hear on, on CNBC. CNBC tends to be longer term, 
investors and traders. And the other thing they seem to be is, you know, they talk about pension funds and, and things. So th there's a distinction between us and them. We are retail traders. We don't have to be in the market, right? And, and we're going to talk about this in a minute. This is one of the other tips. We don't have to be in the market. So what does that mean? That, that means we don't have to rotate to defensive stocks, right? So when they say, oh, you know, um, utilities and, you know, Johnson and Johnson and Coca-Cola, all the Buffett sort of, you know, ideal stocks that just have our cash machines that create dividends. Well, if you're a sh an options trader and you're trading 30 day, 60 day options, you don't have to rotate into, you know, defensive stocks when the market pulls back, you can just get out. So when, when you hear these guys talking about that, the reason why they're talking about that is because they, they're not allowed to sit in cash, right? They have to put their money somewhere. So they're going to rotate out of Tesla and they're going to put it in Coca-Cola, you know, or, you know, I just made that up, but you know, you understand what I'm saying, right? So there's a difference between what we're doing and what you see on C CNBC and time frame. I think is one of those aspects that there's a disconnect. And I think, you know, you just need to keep that in mind by focusing on your time frame, whatever that is. And again, I usually recommend the daily chart for those people. Now to contrast CNBC, if you go on places like Twitter, or maybe stock to it, you have day traders trading one minute charts and you're gonna say, oh, there's a bullish divergence in, in Tesla. And you're like, oh, well, I'm gonna sell a weekly put credit spread or I'm gonna buy some call options. Well, that bullish divergence might be on a one minute chart and you need to be watching the market, right? So time frame is something you really, I want you to have that time frame lens when you go on social media, when you go on CNBC, just have the time frame lens on to say, okay, I hear what they're saying, but what does that look like on my time frame? And once you establish your time frame, again, I think you're going to become a little bit more profitable, or at least you know you're not going to get um, shaken out as much, right? So this kind of leads into what I was saying before, the third tip, which is you should embrace cash as a position. And I've talked about this several times, especially with members over on Patreon. Um, well, sometimes we're just sitting and waiting for our setups to reveal themselves. And we're waiting in cash because you know the, you have to have an edge. If you don't know what your edge is, then you should be in cash. I mean, it's pretty simple. Just and be okay with that. You know, you have to avoid the FOMO. FOMO is real. I do it all the time. You know, um, it, it's hard to it, you know. Again, you see all these supposed people making tons of money, and there's there is money being made everywhere all the time. There's money being lost everywhere all the time. And if you don't know which side of the market you're on, you're probably gonna be in the ladder where you're losing money all the time. And one of the hardest things to do is to do nothing, but cash is a position. And what that means is if you don't have an edge or the market, you know, and let's just try to make this a real situation. Let's say you're a put credit spread trader and you trade stocks or indexes that are in bullish, you know, mode. Well, when the market's pulling back, you should be in cash. And you should be okay with that. And you should wait until the sell-off or the pullback is over and then start up your system again. If you think about that, if you were to able to you know, sidestep the COVID crash, let's just say, I, I can't remember what the details are, but when the COVID crash happened and, and same with the, the, the GFC back in 08, when these things happened, the market crashed 30, 40, 50%. Well, if you can avoid 20 or 30% of that crash, 
and able to get back in when the uptrend begins again, you literally, you didn't make any money, but you save money and you actually end up better off by doing nothing. You can make more money by doing nothing sometimes than doing something. And that's just more, and you're not necessarily making money, but you're not losing. And in this world, not losing is winning. So you need to understand that cash is a position. I repeat, constantly repeating that to myself. It's hard to sort of think about that, but I, I, I really think that that's something that's going to help any, really anybody, but especially if you're a new options trader, you don't have to be trading all the time. Okay. So our next tip, the fourth tip, and this is going to be controversial and you know, it's, it's just, again, geared towards newer traders. I don't think you should try to fix a trade. And what do I mean by that? Um, I don't think you should try to roll. I don't think you should try to adjust. I think you should just admit you were wrong. And let me rephrase that. You're not wrong. The trade just didn't work out. And let, let me kind of, again, let me give a little bit of an example. I've posted this in different episodes and stuff. There's a seven day put credit spread trade that I take with members. People take it on their own. It's on YouTube. It's a seven DTE trade. We take it on Wednesday, where if the market's in a somewhat bullish condition, we use EMA filters. We put on a put credit spread that's close to the money. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Over time though, the math plays out and it does make money, right? So that's the edge, that's the system. Um, very simple. Check out the YouTube channel if you wanna see that video. So here's the thing, when the market goes against you. And let me just tell you this, if you're trading options, I, there, there's, there's a form, I've seen Tasty Trade put a formula on this. There's a certain percentage of time and it's something like 80% of the time, 75 to 80% of the time you put on an options trade, at some point in the trade, you're gonna be down. Very rarely do you put on an option trade and you're instantly up in the trade, meaning you have green unrealized gains. Very rarely does that happen and it never goes back to negative, right? So the reason why I'm saying this is that if you do not position size correctly and this trade goes against you and you start seeing red and you want at that point to abandon the strategy because you're like, oh, I'm seeing unrealized losses. I should do something to minimize my loss. At that point, you are too late. If you have not decided what that plan is, your adjustment plan before you get into the trade, don't try to do it. You're just gonna be throwing more money at a trade. And in and, and the, and the example of the SPX weekly put credit spread trade, if you sell, and I'm just making up some numbers here, the stock market's at, SPX is at 4,600, and you sell the 4,690 put credit spread, well, the market pulls back to 46, or I'm sorry, 40, the market's at 4,600 and you sell the 4,590 and then the market pulls back to 4,575, you're gonna be two strikes in the money and you're gonna be down in the trade. At that point, it's too late. It's too late to adjust. Now you can roll out you know, 30 days, 90 days and you, you what you ultimately end up doing is you are booking a loss and then using more capital in most cases to extend the trade, uh, you know, extend the dream of winning. In my opinion, if you're new, when it goes against you, you either, you just take the loss or you close it and minimize for the max loss. It, you know, a lot of these decisions have to be made before you go into the, the trade. So for example, if you know the max loss is $300 or whatever it is, you need to be positioned or I should say position sized 
for a $300 loss. If, if you, you know, you're not going to minimize that loss very well. If the, if you wake up and there's a gap down, like we, especially we're seeing in, in 2022, we're seeing a lot of gaps in both directions. Well, if you can't absorb that gap, let's say the risk is $300, but you're not really uh, willing to risk $300. You start losing and you're down, down 150. You're like, Oh, well, I don't want to lose $300. Well, you didn't do it right. You're not positioned correctly. And then you get into the, well, maybe I can fix it. Maybe I can roll it because I saw in a video, I read in a book that you can adjust positions and you can do that. But as a new option trader, I think it's extremely difficult and I've yet to see hard and fast rules on that. The only thing I've seen that seems to kind of work is if you're selling far out of the money and let's say you're selling a Delta 10 put or Delta 10 call and it's the, the stock goes against you, well, that call starts to be, uh, the delta of the call becomes increased. So delta 10 is really far out of the money. Well, if the call gets to be a delta 30, I mean, this, the stock has rallied and, the, and now it's closer to the money, that is a time you could, you could consider adjusting or rolling it out and may potentially still get a credit. Um, but if you're selling close to the money and you are in the money or right at the money, it's very, very difficult to get a credit no matter how far you want to roll it out. So again, I think, you know, trying to adjust or having the idea that you can adjust it before you go in, it, it seems to tell people that they don't need the position size correctly. And that's what I see, especially over on, um, you know, Patreon and, and over on the website is people are trying to, I, I think that you go into the trade, new traders go into the trade saying, well, if it goes wrong, I know there's ways to adjust it. And the short answer is that's not always true. So just don't think that that's an option because that's going to help you realize that the risk you're actually taking could actually happen. And I think that's going to help you minimize your losses by not taking on so much risk. I think I just rambled a little bit too much. I hope some of that made sense. Okay. All right, so let's get on to our last tip. And again, gonna be controversial. Um, I think a lot of people are gonna disagree with this and that's okay. I'm really geared toward, I'm gearing these tips towards beginning option traders. I don't think in the beginning that you should really look at bearish option trades. Now, uh, we're heading into 2022. Um, rates may be rising. The market is a little bit more volatile. Um, we may see more of a pullback here. And that's okay uh, if you don't, uh, you know, if you aren't able to place bearish trades and you miss out on some of the pullback, that's okay. Remember we talked about, you don't need to be in everything. There's a couple of reasons why I think bearish trades are harder than bullish trades. And one of the sort of allures of option trading to begin with is that you can make money trading up, down and sideways markets, right? The thing is most of us, especially if you're newer, if you're younger, you've mainly been conditioned or learned in a bull market. Bear markets do not act the same as bull markets. We've proved this in all the back testing. For example, that Wednesday trade, um, one of the versions was if the eight EMA is above the 21 EMA, we think the market's bullish, we sell put credit spreads and we make money. Well, if you reverse that market condition and say, well, if the eight EMA is below the 21 EMA, well, it would make sense that if you sold call credit spreads, you know, do the exact, trade in reverse, that that would make money and it doesn't work. And the reason why that doesn't work is because bearish markets behave differently. You've heard this before. Bull markets, it's a slow kind of grinding process higher, 
right? There's rotation, there's more money going to the market from people saving in their 401k. So there's this gradual, just continual money pump into the system uh, as long as the Fed's printing money, which is questionable at this point. But, you know, when the market does pull back, it is fast. Think about the COVID crash. The, co the market lost 40, I don't know what it was, 40% of its value in a month, two months. Think about that. Could you, you know, if you sold a, a bear call spread one month into the pandemic crash, you probably lost money because the market rebounded so much that you, you didn't have the time to let that trade play out, nor did you have the adjustment strategy because there was the fastest bear market in history and the fastest bull market in history. So in the beginning, I think you should master bull market trades and maybe that's on an hourly chart. It doesn't have to be a daily chart. Maybe you master bull market hourly charts, right? Or bullish trades. And, and I think bearish trades require a little bit more finesse. I think the timing has to be a little bit better. Um, so it's just, you know, one of those things that I think um, is a little bit harder for newer traders. The other thing with bearish trades, is you got to think about where you're coming from. If you're a new option trader, you're at a day job and you're the only person who's doing this. Maybe you have a buddy, right? There's something about the ego that says, I want to make money. People want to make money in bearish trades because they're able to uh, feel or brag or tell other people that, oh man, you know, when you hear it at the water cooler, oh, the market's down 7%. How's your 401k looking? What you want to be able to say, the, the fantasy, the, the romantic fantasy is, well, I'm making money because I trade options. I, I can make money in up, down and sideways markets. I, you know, I, what I don't want you to do in, in the beginning as a beginning option trader is to romanticize the ego or whatever it is that you're able to make money in any kind of market. You can make money in any kind of market. The problem is, or the difficulty is, you have to know when those markets are. If it's a bear market and you're doing bullish trades, you will lose money. So that comes with experience. That comes with over time when the market's bullish, recognizing that and taking bull trades. When the market's neutral, taking neutral trades or you know adjusting your strategy with the market. That is a hard thing to do. Everyone struggles with that. So in the beginning, I think since most of the time, and you know maybe I'm calling a <laughs> this might be a top calling thing for for the market, but most of the time in the past 10, 15 years, the market's been in a relatively bullish mode. So if you can identify when the market is bullish and take bullish trades, you're going to have more opportunities. And then when the market is not bullish, you use cash as a position. I think you're going to be better off. And then when the bear market is happening, maybe you paper, paper trade, maybe you learn, that's when you learn how to take bearish trades is when the bearish market's happening. But in a bull market, if you've been trading the bull market the last five years and you don't know how to trade bearish trades, don't just assume the market's going to crash here and just start taking bearish trades. All right, so listen, I know we went over a lot of stuff today and I'm sorry I rambled so much. Um, if you'd like any clarification or if you'd like to kind of add on to this or debate this, come over to the website, comment on the podcast post. I'd love to hit, get your feedback here. Um, I'm, again, geared towards beginning traders. I hope it helps. Stockmarketoptiontrading.net and I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Stock Market Options Trading Podcast. To join our community of options traders, head on over to patreon.com forward slash vertical spread options trading for details. But before you go, you should know that everything discussed on this podcast and in this episode is for informational purposes only and should not be considered financial advice of any kind.